This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Thursday, October 27th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Thanks for starting your day with AgriPulse Daybreak. Let's start with some notes on trade. U.S. Grains Council and the Renewable Fuels Association wrapping up the 2016 Export Exchange yesterday in Detroit. More than 450 attendees from over 30 countries were there talking about buying U.S. grains and dried distilled grains and ethanol co-product. RFA President and CEO Bob Deneen gave a speech at the event breaking down the current state of the U.S. political process. He detailed the prospects of the presidential election and the race to claim the Senate majority, but he also encouraged international grain buyers to look at the history of U.S. trade sentiment rather than election year dialogue. Deneen said when asked to summarize his remarks, have trust in history, have trust in the fact that economists, policymakers, always recognize the necessity for trade for our customers, for our manufacturers, and most certainly for agriculture. In his speech, Deneen said voters are, quote, deeply skeptical or downright hostile about international trade and trade agreements, and some of the candidates have certainly fed that. Administration's full-court press on TPP continues. Seeking to drum up support for the Trans-Pacific Partnership within the ag community, Darcy Vetter has recently taken to the airwaves. Vetter, the chief agriculture negotiator with the office of the U.S. Trade Representative, spoke with the Red River Farm Network from Grand Forks, North Dakota, yesterday. Among other comments, she said some provisions in TPP were crafted specifically in case China were to join the agreement. Vetter noted China has said that if TPP eventually takes effect in the Pacific Rim, it will have to look very closely at becoming part of it to remain strongly economically integrated in that region. And she added, frankly, we looked at the provisions in TPP and have designed some of them with China in mind. She specifically mentioned provisions on state-owned enterprises. Vetter didn't provide any forecast on lame-duck congressional passage of TPP, saying only that she remains optimistic. In case you're keeping score at home, Vetter has also spoken recently with the Wall Street Journal, with AgriTalk, and with Agnet West. U.S. sets out vote on Cuban blockade. U.S. ag producers who want to sell more of their crops to Cuba got some good news yesterday. The U.S. abstained at a vote by the U.N. General Assembly as it adopted a resolution to renew its call for an end to the U.S. economic blockade against the communist nation. It was the first time the U.S. voted that way in 25 years. In the past, U.S. has always staunchly opposed similar resolutions. Daryl Gates, the president of the Illinois Soybean Growers, applauding the U.S. position change, calling it a historic moment for relations between the U.S. and Cuba. He said, we believe that the embargo needs to end. We believe that the improvement of economic trade relations between the U.S. and Cuba is the foundation for future success between the two countries. We believe that the development of the Cuban economy is as beneficial to Cuba as it is the U.S. and our Illinois soybean farmers. It's an important market for Illinois soybeans and the poultry that consumes our protein-rich meal. We support actions taken by both Congress and President Barack Obama to open up relations and trade opportunities with Cuba. Today's vote reaffirms that process. U.S. Department of Agriculture grants to be unveiled in Wisconsin. This afternoon, USDA will announce recipients of value-added producer grants, a program that could quietly play a role in the next farm bill. The grants are good for up to $250,000 and can be used for anything from developing a business plan to marketing of value-added ag products. 
In previous years, up to $34 million has been made available through the program. Sam Rikers, administrator of the USDA's Rural Business Administration, spoke with AgriPulse earlier this week. He declined to get into specifics on the announcement, but he said he expects it to be a, quote, newsworthy event. Rikers will make the announcement in Eclair, Wisconsin, with Representative Ron Kind, a Democrat from the state's 3rd Congressional District. In case you missed it, this week's newsletter had a story on the VAPG grants and why one Washington ag group is worried about the program's future funding. Ashford picks up ag endorsement. A vulnerable House Agriculture Committee Democrat got a little help from the ag community yesterday. Nebraska's Brad Ashford is currently running for re-election in his district, mostly Omaha, the state's largest city, and is considered to be one of the few conservative Democrats left in Washington. Yesterday, the Nebraska Farmers Union PAC endorsed Ashford in his bid for a second term, along with the state's two other incumbents, both Republicans. John Hansen, the group's secretary, said, We need to keep Brad on the House Ag Committee, especially since work has already begun on the next farm bill. Ashford's race is rated as either a toss-up or leans D by various polling groups. He has received support from a number of ag organizations, including the political action committees for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, the American Crystal Sugar Company, and the National Pork Producers Council. Pork industry looking for its future leaders. The Pork Checkoff is looking for candidates for its new awards program, the Pig Farmers of Tomorrow. Up to three future farm leaders, ages 18 to 29, will be chosen for the inaugural 2017 awards. Candidates, including college students, must be involved in raising pigs on a full or part-time basis and intend to make pig farming their life's work. They also must be committed to raising pigs using the We Care Ethical Principles. Applications will be accepted through November 22nd. One of the National Pork Board's primary responsibilities is to train and motivate future pork industry leaders, said National Pork Board President Jan Archer, a pig farmer from Goldsboro, North Carolina. The award is designed to recognize and inspire youth who are investing their time and energy into responsible pig farming. Applications are available at www.pigfarmersoftomorrow.com. Here's today's He Said It. We won't really know what this election is all about until the wheat is in the bin. And I can't wait until the wheat is in the bin. Please, God, get the wheat in the bin soon. That's Renewable Fuels Association President and CEO Bob Deneen speaking at the Export Exchange, comparing the results of the upcoming election to an old adage about the wheat harvest. Only 11 more days to go, Bob. That's Daybreak for this Thursday, October 27th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by McLeod, Watkinson & Miller, America's most experienced law firm in agricultural and derivatives law, and by Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Alley.